I think you explain my world as, or what I do as a kind of burlesque commentary on embodied identity through movement, even a bit of acting, costume change, transformation, gender transgressing. You can be whoever you want. Hi, I'm Ty Snaith and this is A World of Her Own, a series of conversations with Australian women artists I respect and admire. Actually, I think I'll retitle this episode as A World of Their Own. This little change is because today I've had the privilege of speaking with classical guitarist, performer and non-binary artist Tonya Field. That music that you can hear playing, that's Tonya on the guitar. To be honest, I was really nervous before our chat. Just worried about getting my pronouns mixed up or saying something stupid or offensive by accident. But Tonya put me completely at ease with their open, gentle and patient manner. Not to mention in awe of such bravery and boldness. So much respect for this human being. We cover lots of juicy ground about fighting the good fight and being yourself, no matter how difficult the context. I believe this conversation is relevant to all of us, no matter which side of the rainbow you're standing on. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Tonya Field, the first musician actually to to be here in the conversational chair. Welcome, Tonya. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, on this hot day. Yeah, I know, isn't it? But, yeah, I know. We're in a bit of a cool world here. Here we are. Yeah. And speaking of worlds, I mean, the title of the the project refers to worlds, and you're in a very different world to me of music, which Mm -hmm. um, maybe we can sort of talk about that, because before we started recording, we were talking about problems involved with yeah for you with that classical world of music yeah absolutely I feel like my training has given me the classical background and I really appreciate that training it's given me a real rigor and understanding of music that so that I can sort of pull it apart and understand why I'm pulling it apart in certain ways how and how I can put it back together in certain ways but with that whole context and also just the technical skill you know, like there's nothing quite like getting that classical uh, training and especially from my teacher who was very good at imparting that knowledge and, um, Did and you those train skills. Like, yeah, yeah, I started when I was about eight wow. years old. <laughs> and always guitar. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but it, that was what I gravitated towards. I got a plastic guitar when I was a little kid in the UK and... I just started hitting it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even start plucking the strings. I just started hitting it. And I've always had this percussive rhythmic element in my playing. And I think, you know, that's where that came from. But, and then I kept tugging at, you know, mum's coat saying, hey, when can I get a guitar? And we were living in the UK and we couldn't afford it because it was in the Thatcher years. Uh And, you know, we were all broke and couldn't afford a gas cylinder for the heater and that kind of stuff. So we moved to Australia 
and I moved to Perth, and then that's when I really got my hands on a proper guitar. So it's always been there. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Never been anything else. I don't know. I sometimes ask that question of myself, and I go, mm. so that was my classical start. I started on a bit of folk music, and then I said, ah, oh, what else can I do? Because that wasn't quite satisfying my curiosity. Yeah. Like you, I'm a curious person <laughs> yeah. as well. And so I really wanted to find out what else I can do with this thing, this six stringed beast. And so how do you use it as a tool now? And I mean, you've yeah. moved into a very different world as you've obviously got mm. older and worked out yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that happened a few years ago when I really embraced my identity, which was always there, but I didn't fully accept it and embrace it. And listeners might not know, so can yeah, you explain? Sure. Yeah. Well, I identify as non-binary, uh, and so that means that I don't feel I can put myself out into the world as being exclusively male or female. I'm born, you know, assigned male at birth, and of course I have a male body as such, but my identity is totally separate to that, which is obviously the case with everybody. <laughs> yeah. But um, I have felt always like expressing myself to the world and being in the world in a way that doesn't box myself into either. On that, do you think you express yourself primarily through your guitar, through your music? Not, not well, that's a yeah, great question, actually. Mm. That leads me on to this whole thing about, well, classical music is quite a... I don't want to be too sort of derogatory, <laughs> no, but it's a very, it's a very fixed outcome. Mm. So most classical musicians and people that see classical music or, or know about music, you know, um, can think about a classical musician as getting up and doing a concert on the stage or performing on the stage in some in capacity. A, in a suit and tie. Yeah, yeah, suit and tie. Or if you're a soprano, you're in a big ball gown. And, yeah. you know, it's very gendered. And even the dress codes for, you know, the orchestra is still in Australia read like something yeah. out of the 1800s or something. I've always thought that. You know, yeah. and I did some research and, whoa, that was a real eye-opener. But, yeah, so I found not only that, but... Uh, it was also I wanted to express something of my identity in what I was doing and I felt like music alone couldn't do that because music's very abstract yes and it's yeah. it's much harder to express political ideas or mm. commentary or a narrative mm. directly yeah. and I wanted more of that in what I do in my oh. performing yeah and how long ago did you realize you wanted that it was when my identity really mm. started to change and I wanted to express it through mm. my music mm -hmm. because it was it seemed like at odds with what I was doing. So like, oh, I can't just do this same old, same old thing mm. and sort of fit into this world of classical conservatism, which unfortunately it is. Mm. Um, and if you were to do what I do, people would probably be quite confused, actually. Um, <clears throat> and but, about my identity and what I do. But is that confusion? I mean, is that that seems important to me mm. right now. It does, and I want to. It's not like I want to hide myself away from those audiences, but it's just a little bit difficult to do what I do in the context of what those audiences usually see classical music in. They don't go to queer clubs and queer venues and uh, you know 
galleries where there's a queer book launch or something like that mm. it, that's where I do mm. a lot of my performing it's and a also, pretty straight world isn't it well yeah, yeah in the classical field it's mm. very straight the venues where you get any sort of prestige and kind of brownie points for university and that kind of stuff but the pressure on you I mean the thing that you're yeah. trying to do is, is intense because people will judge your music mm. even I mean do you yeah. think even more so well I haven't thought about it like that, actually. I think they... I found that audiences are more open and they actually appreciate mm. your musical skills more, actually, oh, because good. they don't see it. They don't... Because they tend to be the audiences that don't go to a concert hall or see a lot of guitar played in a classical way or in with classical skills. Oh, I meant in the ah, classical realm. Yeah. I mean, if you... But maybe you just don't play in that realm. Right? I don't play in that realm oh. at all. So that's a, that's that's a the, political that's choice. Yes, yeah. it is. That's mm. the issue. And so what I do, actually, now, it's funny talking to you earlier about how you explain what your work is yeah. to somebody who doesn't necess- isn't necessarily immersed in your world or anywhere near it. It's, I think you explain my world as, or what I do, as a kind of burlesque commentary on embodied identity through movement even a bit of acting costume change transformation gender transgressing you can be whoever you want with the music as a backbone to that so mm. the music kind of glues it all together and the skill it sort of creates a backbone to the spectacle it's almost yeah. like the music is your first language. Yes, that's right. And you've right. learnt sort of second complementary yeah, languages absolutely. to express yourself. Yeah. yeah, And one of them obviously is visual. Very. Yeah. I love fashion. I love creating costumes yeah. and everything about that world. That world's pretty amazing. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing and fun. And just something you see some... You know, some of my friends are fashion designers and you probably have friends as well and mm-hmm. just seeing how they come up with their stuff and yeah. like some drag queens that I well, know a lot of drag queens and just their skills <laughs> yeah, yeah. just with makeup and you know whatever you think about drag they, some of them are amazing at it I've always thought drag is I've always been really into it like yeah you know and and felt really comfortable around yeah. that scene but I mean not everyone <clears throat> does and that's something no. that I mean, I've always, I guess when I was younger, I was like, oh, those people are boring, whatever. They can just deal with it. But now mm. I'm trying to, I guess, understand why people find that so confronting or why people find the world that we feel comfortable in and yeah. our friends, which we probably have a few in common. Yeah. Why is that so confronting to others? I think or like I, your classical boss, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they fully understand it. And I think even within the queer scene, there's not a full understanding of what drag actually is. Mm. And I think there's, there's a couple of issues in what you've asked there in that I think there's a definitely a view towards drag that it is reinforcing a stereotype. But then you dig deeper and then what they're actually doing is parodying the stereotype yeah, and like, deconstructing gender by exaggerating exactly. the stereotypical you know signals that people view as being identified with a certain you know, binary gender, totally exaggerating them to the limit. Until they so have no becomes ridiculous. Until they make, don't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, yeah. I immediately think of John Waters and how important, like, right. his work yeah. has been. But he sort of somehow got to almost mainstream. And it's mm. almost like the mainstream kind of get it, but they don't, maybe they don't dig enough to really get it. No, I don't think they do. That's the thing. It's and almost to nullify that, those yeah. gender 
um, signifiers or something, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a bit of fear about it as well because it's so uh, out there for a lot of people. They don't quite understand how can you how can you do that. You know, how, mm. what is that about? Isn't that just you getting dressed up like a woman, or isn't that you just you know getting all like butch and whatever? Mm. And but it's almost like there's not a level of respect there for that art, what they're really trying to do, and they don't bother digging deep. Um, and that nullifying, yeah, is really what they're about. But it's not like it's a new thing. No, <laughs> no, I know. It's it, that's the thing. It's been it's been mm. around for a very long time. Yeah, and yet. Yeah, I think when you, it's been around for a long time and I think people like you and me and, you know, probably all our friends <laughs> are, are in such a bubble. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's hard to accept that. It's hard to get key context with that, I find, because when I walk out into the world, I'm not sure about you, but you have a clear idea about what your identity is. Since you walk out the front door, oh, all this stuff hits and then it's like, oh, right. Oh, wow. Yeah, that world still is thinking like a binary, but if I walk... A kilometer that way and I go to that cafe it's like oh wow they're totally in another sort of zone and but I think and there mm. are certain sort of sectors of our arts practice even and mm. uh, our community generally that just are very shielded from that kind of thing despite the work that's being done now do you know that it's, the way it's in the media so much more yeah well it's funny I mean something happened to me yesterday that I just yeah. thought it was really interesting and it happened to me the day before I spoke to you too, yeah, and right, I've, yeah I've been thinking a lot about what you project and I, yeah. you know, I obviously identify as a woman and yeah. I, I don't actually think about it and I know I realize that no. that's a privilege but um well, yesterday I mean, yes and no <laughs> Yeah, it's also a box, and that's yeah, yeah. But yeah. the fact that I don't have to um, deal with people's perceptions because yeah, I'm comfortable, I see what you, you know mean. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but I see what you mean. yesterday, I was reading in a kindergarten because oh, yeah. I also do picture books, and oh, yeah, uh, of part of my job. And this, <coughs> as I left, this little girl came up to me, and she was four, and she said to me, oh, "Excuse me, Ty." And as I was leaving, and she said, "Are, are you a girl or a boy?" And wow. Yeah, and okay. I was really taken by it because, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have thought there was much confusion. But, but That's really interesting. Yeah, but what's interesting is that now yeah. kids, I guess, well, that she felt like maybe mm. now it's okay to ask everyone that. Or And then I, I was really <laughs> conflicted in how I responded because I was like, it would have been easy for me to just say I'm a girl. But then I got yeah. all kind of weird about it and it was I was like... like well, I mean, no, I don't know that that's sort of what you ask people. I, but then I thought it's yeah. not my job to teach her that. And then I just said, I'm just me. Yeah. doesn't right. really matter to you what I am. So I, I wanted to say maybe it's not polite to ask that, but is it? <laughs> yeah, like that, that. That's really funny you explain that. That, that story, it, it, raises, it just like throws up so many issues that in a way people that are in that non-binary world have to deal with on a daily basis oh, that's what I thought, and yeah. that's interesting that you've experienced that that happens several times a day i'm sure it you does know, you know in different ways yeah whether it's going to the bathroom and you've got to make a choice because they don't have a, uh, a neutral bathroom mm. uh, or somebody misgenders you and then the third person you've never met you know they, they yeah. miss the third sorry you've never met someone before they misgender you and then you've got a queer ally next to you <laughs> and they know that that person's misgendered you what do you do? Do you then correct them right then and there? Because then the history of the relationship uh, is easier because once they've got that at the beginning of knowing you, then they they don't have, tend to have a problem after. (laughs) But then do you want to deal with it then? 
no, I'm feeling a bit <laughs> tired today. I don't want to go there. It must be exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. That's a bit of a phenomenon, actually. It's not uncommon, but also going back to what you're saying about it is that when somebody asks that question, it's almost like they want to have... It's funny what... I don't know really what really goes on, but people... It's so entrenched in our mm. society. I don't know... To label. You know, what sort of family that kid comes from, whether they come from, you know, a family that talks about this kind of thing all the time or whether they come from quite a shielded family where it's just like binary, binary, binary. Mm. You know, possibly it is. And they need that safety. They mm. need that safety to know that, ah, oh, I, 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 I need to know what pronouns to use. I, I, but, they don't think of it like that, but it's like yes. there's this confusion. There's this kind of like, yeah. ah, where do I go here? You know, do I need to treat? Why do I need to know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Why do I need to know someone's birth sex no, to have a conversation? But that's just like I don't need to know how much money someone makes a year. I don't yeah. need to know where someone <laughs> lives. I don't need to know what kind of car someone drives. I don't really care. Yeah. What they do is they're business but yeah, but coming from a kid it was interesting because maybe that's now something that is in their um curiosity yeah i don't know it's a hard question to answer that mm. it, it sort of goes back to well it could be good that they're asking that question because they're sort of even open to it they feel yeah. comfortable enough to to ask that question a bit tricky to know it, it that's one of the mysteries <laughs> of the whole changing world of this area i think it's yeah. because people are sort of like starting to go oh Maybe I can ask that, or, or is that impolite, or is this whole sort of mm. conversation around it? Is people don't quite know how to have a conversation mm. about it, and I've found that too. And if uh, it's funny, I had a friend. <laughs> this is really funny. You mm. may know them. Um, they went to a school recently, and the school, so school this little kid said, "Oh yeah, boy or girl?" And they said, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> great. Like isn't it great? That's a great. I think that's wonderful. That's so clever. It's great, isn't it? And they're okay. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a really quick way of throwing it back at them without oh. being rude, but getting them to think. I guess the closest I could think of is I'm me, and that's all that you need to know. And that's pretty much the essence of it, isn't it? It is really. Yeah. The problem with when you say I'm me is it doesn't help you converse and manage, you know, it doesn't help other people mm. understand your otherness in a sense mm-hmm. uh, i've heard Neville Zissin. do you know Neville mm-hmm. Zissin? they've written a book called how i confuse the world mm. uh they identify as non-binary as well mm-hmm. they're 21 and they do a lot of public speaking at schools and amazing. that kind of stuff beautiful amazing mm. person but um they've talked about this kind of thing and you know yeah they've said that whole thing of like yeah i'm just me but that doesn't mm. help other people understand your world around. you know it's mm. go oh you're me the problem with that is you're the only one that's you <laughs> and we're each different. Yeah, exactly. And, and but people still want tribes, or you know, exactly. They want to yeah. work out their perspective or how they fit in. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I, I did watch a I did watch an awesome YouTube a little while ago by a, also a young person called Becky Stromer. Becky Stromer. It was a it was a um, oh. a TED talk actually. Incredible. Oh. It's had like you know a hundred or so thousand hits. Wow. And basically they were, you know, they were saying they don't define me, I define me, which is, you know, obvious to me. But then that sort of saying that it's also fine to say that I'm in the middle and that maybe that's something that's becoming more common is to reply that, you know, yes, I guess yes does the same thing, doesn't it? Sort of, (laughs) well, both. Yeah, that's right. And that's something that maybe they then have to just work out. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, you don't have to have a definitive answer on that. Mm. I think society's slowly, slowly, slowly coming to grips with that. Mm. Um, but then in that conservative world of, you know, like where you're yeah. keeping your job, for example. <coughs> yep. <laughs> and re... <laughs> Um, you know, you must have to re-explain and sell that. Uh, your I do, and that's that's tough. It I mean, I don't have to do that every day. Uh, well, maybe you do in terms of <laughs> yeah. your art, though. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, all artists have to do that. Yeah, that's true. I think. Yeah. But maybe as a person, it's different. But but your artistic medium and how you choose to put your art together and how you make, I guess you would probably have to explain that. But in the music world, it's a lot. Uh, more common just to just say, well, I'm a musician. So before we before we started recording, we we're talking about how um, a lot of people that we know in our professional lives come across as like these flamboyant, bold, yeah. Um, yeah. expressive sort of humans, and yet when you get to know them, there's something underneath, especially the most yeah. extroverted people, that's quite <laughs> yeah. Um, vulnerable. Yeah, I always think of comedians as oh, well, yeah. particularly, but. That's just as a side note, you know, comedians are very well known for being, you know, obviously what they do is incredibly got to be so kind of confident yeah. and to get out there and do that. Um, and often they're so depressed yeah, and sad, and it's like, Yeah, yeah. Did you see Hannah Gadsby's <laughs> It's funny, yeah. I was talking to a friend yesterday about it and, um, yeah, it just it struck me as going, wow, that partly it didn't surprise me, mm. but then also like, wow, that's amazing how it's done that. The fact that she managed to put that pathos but explain to yeah. millions of people that saw it, I mean, now she's touring it everywhere and the success yeah. is what makes it even sweeter <laughs> is that so many people are getting that message and also being told it won awards. It's really good. It's like yeah. the best thing that it's could have great. come out of this country. It, at the it is actually, yeah. Well, that, and it's a great example of someone sharing their vulnerability. Yes. I was talking earlier to you about my situation <laughs> at the conservatorium mm. and of music and at the, Melbourne University. Yeah, Melbourne University. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you'll get. You won't get into trouble. <laughs> Ah, worried about my big boss getting me into the yeah. But yeah, trying to navigate the identity change that I've had and the artistic change that comes with that and how to position yourself really so that because the work I'm doing is I think really important for people to see, especially young people who are interested in expressing and being being queer people perhaps Mm. who are really interested in expressing themselves to the world and have a voice they have a message they want to get it out there but But they're skilled as well yeah they they want skills yeah Yeah, exactly Mm. they want the skills so they want to study who are they going to go to there's no one they want to know there's friends yeah that's right safe they want to know I it's think safe. it's really important that you're there. I can't believe that people wouldn't see that as actually a gift that you're there, that you want to be there. I do want to be there, yeah, <laughs> most of the time. That's such a tough... <laughs> I feel like leaving sometimes, but it's just because of, you know, it's a tough world and blah, but mm. but I realise that the contribution I have to, to make to that place, it's really <laughs> encouraging to hear you say it, actually. It is but, yeah, I, I'm learning to value that. Yeah me myself being there but i'm just not sure that people really understand the full scope of why it is good that i'm there that's all and that often takes a bit of explaining and in a fast-paced 
world of, you know, talking about money and budgets <laughs> and like, who's going to teach this and da, 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 da. Yeah. And oh no, we need another staff member. Oh, can we reduce the staff sessional budget? And, you know, yeah. <laughs> heard it all before, obviously, but in amongst all of that talk mm. to get people to listen and say, Hey, this is what's going out there in the world. This is, we've got young people coming up into this institution what are we going to do about making our course relevant for them That's so that exactly they right. feel safe, they feel like they can explore and tailor their course to, to fit who they are, not yeah. to have to squish themselves into this thing and then, you know, try and make their way in this way of doing things for 10 years and then find out, oh, actually, that might be okay for some, you know, as a process of discovery, it's slow, but wouldn't There's it be better if we were just able to give them a bit more of a springboard and a helping hand a with that, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I think yeah. also, I mean, I guess when you're inside the thing of education, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a business. You it know? is, yeah. And, and, but I see it one step further than that, where if, if you want audiences to start actually going to classical music yeah. and opera exactly. and whatever else, you need to encourage like contemporary exactly, yeah. musicians. And yeah. of course they're going to be yeah, yeah. all sorts of different sexualities and genders. Exactly. and yeah, varieties of yeah. people. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and if that's, there's, yeah. That's Absolutely. so, unless you put them into the link of the first chain and allow, actually mm. encourage people, yeah. then those audiences aren't going to go. And the, no. like, look at Hannah, that audience yeah. is massive. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, even yeah. if you don't identify, no. as you are, I mean, I'm so into it and supportive. Yeah. Or there's people that want to understand. And so exactly, yeah. it's a huge market. It is in a way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is. It's got, it's got huge potential for change and instigating that sort of what's the word like a it's like a catalyst i think yeah, yeah, we yeah. need people like hannah and you and me and all the wonderful people that do diverse things to kind of look at all those in-between spaces and expose them mm. in really big ways not just in our little scenes but mm. yeah it's great that say for instance hannah has got such a big profile and is able to capture that big market and and and, and tell their story is we need a few of those too. It's quite a big responsibility <laughs> though, isn't it? Like, I mean, yeah. I often think about yeah. um, people of colour and Indigenous yeah. peers that I have that are good at what they do, yeah. like really good at what they do. They're so busy because it's like yep. they are just yep. everyone wants them to help yeah. and to like help educate and help explain to everyone. <laughs> it's like they can't be everywhere. This is one of the issues <laughs> that you find, you know, it's probably it's similar in the feminist sort of area as well mm. because, you know, got still so much work to do with equality for mm. women and there are obviously key players in that that um and but i'm sure they get absolutely overrun and they get tired with the fight and it's the same for you know lgbtiq people or an lgbtiq people of color uh ethnic minorities um yeah they they are busy because they wear a cultural burden mm. of the, the support of their yeah. their selves themselves they've also got to keep that afloat and look after that but also being a their leader community. because it's all the same yeah, yeah they, they, they're a leader their community is important to them so they need to support that community to kind of mm. enable it still and i just think that you guys are amazing <laughs> it keeps you busy yeah you people just never stop because you you have yeah. a, such an important job to do but obviously it's well yeah you get a call like i got a call from rainbow network um, at the Australian Research Centre of Health, Sex and Society, 
and Jamie Jones there called me up and said, hey, you know, we'd love you to play at this end of the year because we've had a bit of a tough year in the LGBTIQ community, obviously, for obvious reasons. And, yeah, uh, Jamie supports all of the youth support networks, yeah. basically coordinates a lot of that stuff that goes on in the community. And so we're having a party, you know, we need some <laughs> light relief. <laughs> Someone's fun. <laughs> yeah, no, so you get a call and your heart goes... <sighs> I'm a bit tired, but I really want to do this because, uh, you know, this is so important to me. And you get that. You get that a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm, at, I'm at work and I'm on the uh, diversion, diversion. <laughs> diversity and inclusion committee, right, mm-hmm. for the whole faculty of the VCA and MCM, which is the faculty of the Victorian wow. College of the Arts and the Melbourne Conservatorium of Music. and we've got like an indigenous subcommittee part of that and i'm in the lgbtq one and there's a women's one they're the main three areas that the university is pushing really hard at the moment to address yeah which is great so we've got the whole university support behind it but we don't get contact hours to do that yeah and you know you can imagine the amount of work that that is uh to you know look after as you know somebody a student wants to come out with their workplace and so I'm sort of helping them with that, and then I'm helping them with policy, yeah. terminology. Wow. You know, it's like, and bathrooms and making sure things, <laughs> you know, it's just a mountain of work to do. Yeah. And it's, you don't get any credit you don't for, get that. Paid for that. But it's improving the whole welfare of the place. If we didn't do that stuff, none of the big grand scheme for the university would happen. Mm. And so I get a bit frustrated with that because I'm not given any credit for that on my kind of it'll it'll help in terms of people want to you know work in other areas to do with that but you know i mean sometimes as artists there's certain types of artists that use what they you know like guitar is almost the easiest part of what you do yeah it is isn't it it's super easy yeah except for most people that's almost like so hard what you do technically i've i've watched the videos i've listened it's like (laughs) it's incredibly difficult yeah it is yeah but for you, what's harder is the fact that you're this political activist yeah. for like 90% of your time. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. And that that's almost just a, this sort of like slips between the it cracks is. because no yeah. one quite recognises that that's a big job. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, you use that, the guitar as a way into that, yes. cr- that conservative world. Exactly. And, and that's almost like a Trojan horse it or something to get in. Yeah. And that's awesome <laughs> it is good yeah it's that whole thing of yeah like you study to kind of get your teeth into something to kind of know enough about something and then you can then deviate because you've got that understanding and then you it's that sort of thing you know because yeah I've worked really hard at my art and and you love it obviously yeah i do i don't know why <laughs> Well, it's just a very nice thing to do. It's it your feels joy, yeah. great. Yeah. I love doing it. Amazing. It's portable. Anyway, but yeah. But I, do, yeah. You know, do you ever feel selfish in a way that, you know, you want to give up a part of, you know, the, the stuff that really drags you down? I mean, do you ever feel like just like... <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. It sometimes seems so big and you have to sort of come back and say... I mean, it's, it's actually it's exactly what I'm going through now, you know, with the whole marriage equality yeah. uh, survey. And the, I read a lot about a mm. lot of the views that don't necessarily get talked about in the mainstream. It's complicated, and it's, isn't it? And there's a lot of stuff there yeah. that is kind of brewing away that we yeah. don't know about. And so, you know, um, 
you see how big it is and you just go, well, I, I, I can only just beaver away at my little area that I can make really positive changes. Yeah, yeah. In, um, a little bit at a time kind of thing yeah because it's so yeah. com- complex i mean even i don't <clears throat> as a as a cisgender person i don't actually <laughs> want to get married like i've yeah, never yeah. wanted to get married well, that's right. and, yeah. and i feel like it must be such a fraught kind of fight that that you it all is. have to go through because yeah. the institution of marriage if you ask me it's out of date and yeah, it is, i actually yeah. felt like through that whole thing for all of my queer friends I felt so just angry on their behalf and also I just felt like saying actually the question we should be talking about if you ask me is just the 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 idea of marriage is yeah shall we have a vote on that yeah 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 I agree I agree not not who should get married that just actually what it is to yeah that's right exactly yeah but instead it's almost like this whole massive community of people is sort of thrown under the bus to um Absolutely. You know, and a whole lot of hatred and I agree. rubbish. Well, that's what Neville Zissin was saying on radio um, to Claire Bowditch recently, mm. saying, you know, I, I feel horrified that Australia has put its name to this survey mm. that is a vote on human rights across the whole country for LGBTIQ people when that doesn't really have much to do with, you know, 90% of the population. You know, no, it only affects ten percent of the population. So why is everybody voting on that? You know, that just it doesn't it's, make any sense. But I mean, going back to your the whole mm. point about women and expressing uh, themselves through art, I think mm. this is the kind of stuff that makes pe- women particularly have a unique voice in that because, you know, unfortunately, women still face similar kinds of things. There's a big intersectionality with of the course. LGBTIQ rights and women's rights because mm. we still don't value enough in this society uh, attributes in people that are more associated with feminine mm. but why you know I'm even against labeling it like that you know yeah like, because a but, lot of women are yeah, feminine <laughs> I know exactly what is feminine I'm not particularly you know, feminine. Why, why, they're, they're not useful terms uh, yeah. you know um, and actually right yeah. at the start I remember being defiantly saying I'm not feminist because yeah. I used to just think that well, I'm not feminine, so I don't yeah. want to actually identify as feminist because no. I'd like to think that I'm, it's you know, like fe- quite yeah. fierce. And for me in the past, yeah. that had been a negative thing. But then, of course, you realise that feminism is actually about just Well, it's being. about equality, really, isn't yeah, it? It's about making course. a better society. <laughs> and it's more than that now. It's actually yeah. it's about not just about equality for, for women, it's equality for everyone. And I think Well, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, that like that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's going to make everything a lot better it's going to make everybody feel more valued in society for who they are no matter who they are and fierce fierce feminism feminism itself the type of person that is a feminism is restricted sorry i'm not making sense the type of person that is a feminist is restricted in a way it's like when i saw um, madonna's acceptance speech for the billboard woman of the year i thought that was quite amazing Mm. shocking as well wasn't it yeah yeah but like i I loved that speech actually because it Mm. was like Whatever you think of Madonna and their artistry and what they do with themselves on stage or whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, that's fine. You know, they mentioned in that speech about Prince, you know, when they were touring and publicity and whatever and, you know, with their 
butt hanging out and wearing lipstick and high heels and everything. And that's Nobody why. comments about no. that. Nobody comments about Prince being a slut and a, a uh, you know, the Satan. Yeah, everyone celebrates that. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, but just because they got certain genitalia and a body, well, like, you know, like that is just the hypocrisy and the double standards that is going mm-hmm. on. And and I guess this, I mean, bring it back to a visual. I understand yeah, yeah, totally. everything yeah, visually. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. Just that you know, they want to. The conservatives want to make it so black and white. Yeah. And yeah. something about, I mean, maybe just the education around the grey is yes, sort exactly. of what. That, that, why can't we just all be grey? Yeah, you I know. know. Yeah. Like it's just, it would be so much easier. I'm trying to do that at work. Yeah. <laughs> a hard thing on your plate there no. but i mean even but, yeah. in the visual art world it's, yeah. it's really common to break things down and silo things into practices or label things really um, that's yeah, yeah. really interesting mm. i hadn't thought of it and and like often that. with women you know well especially women i've spoken to mm. there's a there's a kind of like even if it's unconscious there's mm. often a drive to make work that doesn't quite fit into any of them yeah. but that's a hard it's a hard path to take because yeah. what happens in the art world is You've got to do it for 30 years in the same style for someone to go, oh, they're a painter because I've seen the paintings for 30 years. It's yeah, like, yeah. Come on. Like, we live in a time where, That's you know, right. young kids are just not even interested in any of those labels yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. And this, and this goes into art forms, though, is what I'm trying to say. I think yes, it's it a, does. And, and yeah. to have that fluidity is probably the most interesting type of practice that you could have Absolutely, now. yeah. There's a lot of intersections now, uh, or there's a big movement to try and train people uh, in an intersectional way mm. so that people aren't just being siloed into being a jazz musician. That's what you do. You play in jazz bands and you go out and do jazz trios and blah. It's limiting. It's very, yeah, it's limiting. It's like, don't you just get bored? Like, <laughs> or never get any work? <laughs> yeah. The thing, yeah, well, yeah, it, that's that. the other thing. <laughs> exactly. There's room for others and there's not a lot of room made in institutions for that and Mm. I think that is starting to change Mm. Um, and you're right I think you know all those grey areas need to be just a little bit more open and and people that want to explore those areas need to be welcomed and and sort of allowed to explore those things Mm. And, and we need to put that message out there in the community as well that this is a safe place for you to do that. It's so I know exactly what you mean. It's mm. so very hard. It's exactly the same in music. It's exactly the same. I love I love the world of sort of theatrical performance, but the, yeah. you know, the, I mean, we have in common Maud, who I've also oh, had yeah, a conversation yeah. Oh, with. Yeah, of course, yeah. And Maud, interestingly, you know, she's said yeah. that she never could categorize herself as cabaret or theatre or stage or, or burlesque. Yeah. And, and, and I think for a lot of women, particularly, burlesque can be a really negative term. It can be. So it was interesting to, to hear you identify yeah. it. But I think it's different if you couple it with an instrument. Yes, um, yes, yes. But that, for, right. for as a woman, I mean, it took me a long time to even go to something called burlesque because yeah. I found it objectifying yeah, women for a male gaze. And, yes, that's and right. in yeah, quite a kind yeah, of tacky yeah. way often. Yeah. That's just about Fairy. like waiting for, to see a nipple. Yeah, like big deal. Like, big deal. It's like, a nipple. You know, We've all got them. Yeah, it's that male titillation. Yeah. yeah. And, and I felt like often I had to endure that. Yeah, that sort yeah. of feeling that you could feel oh, totally. and often hear it from well, guys yeah. in the crowd. Yeah, it's not a yeah. I can I totally that's yeah. a similar thing to how people who don't want to go and see a drag queen perform. I think that's a similar thing. Do you think men feel like that? Uh, I think they're threatened. 
particularly cisgender people who identify yeah. mainly with their genitals being their identity, <laughs> I think they feel threatened to it by yeah. it. Um, but I th but it's also that similar thing why uh, radical feminists mm. perhaps uh, are highly critical of it. And I can see why. And even people that are just like think it's a critical bit weird. Of drag or yeah, critical of drag, drag particularly and particularly um, f uh, drag queens, particularly. Mm. And I can see why, but you have to be discerning. Like mm. there's there's kind of crap art everywhere, and it's demeaning <laughs> to people, and it can be insulting and everything. And, and sure, that's it's not great, mm -hmm. and you don't want that. But it's not like the prime minister getting up and saying we're going to have a marriage equality survey. You can you can just you don't can go to the show. To exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like, um, and you know, as long as we're having a dialogue in societies, it's predominantly positive and moving in yeah. a good direction for equality and betterment of uh, society. Yeah. You know that that's okay. But it's a similar thing you're kind of not digging deep enough you know when people like with burlesque people don't know that it's not a, it's there's not just one type of burlesque no. you know the original burlesque was very clever and and defiant yeah, actually. yeah. political and that's what i do like yeah, yeah. that's right so but, but i think unfortunately what happens yeah. in a lot of art forms is what sifts through to the mainstream and for it's obvious exactly, reasons of the patriarchy yeah, exactly, is what yeah. is aided by a male or their money yes, to get exactly. through and that's yeah. usually like dita von Teese. yeah exactly yeah not, I know, not interesting like, oh, yeah i know but this but just, this is why it's yeah. sort of like i think yeah. what hopefully is changing is that you know, when the patriarchy slowly breaks down a little bit yeah. and that more women or, you know, anyone, anyone really. apart yeah, from right. white men yeah. is in control, that what you yeah. see rise to the top is of more interesting content. I or, hope so. Is that yeah, basically yeah. what we're all working for? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. It's fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think we've reached the end of our lovely sure. time. It went really quickly and I'd just like to say yeah, thank you from the bottom it's of my pleasure. heart. It's been great, it actually. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so curious and interested and knowledgeable oh. and yourself. Thank <laughs> you for being so brave. One of the things I really took away from this talk with Tonye was just the notion of beavering away at our own little areas, making change on a scale that's achievable for you. Sometimes these notions of gender and inequality can get really depressing and overwhelming, almost like they're too big or too entrenched to tackle. But Tonye helped me to remember that each of us can make a difference to changing the rhetoric and the prejudice that exists around gender diversity in our own little creative ways main thing is to keep having respectful conversations and keep moving forward. This conversation was recorded for the series A World of Her Own as part of the exhibition Unfinished Business, Perspectives on Art and Feminism at the Australian Centre for Contemporary Art. It was recorded by me, Ty Snape. I'm an artist for those of you who don't know my work. If you liked exploring Tonya's world with me today, you might like to delve into some other worlds by downloading more episodes directly from the ACCA website. Visit www.acca.melbourne where you'll find the world of her own link under programs or from SoundCloud if you visit soundcloud.com forward slash ACCA underscore Melbourne. I'd like to give a big thanks to Beck Fari for audio post-production and Melbourne musician Fear, spelt P-H-I-A, for letting us use the track you're listening to, End of the Day, from her album The Ocean of Everything. And of course, thank you to Tonye for the additional music written and recorded for this episode.
at the end.